Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. It's the holiday season we all find so pleasing. Shouldn't it be a mystery on how we're spending We're spending as if Christmas is going out of style. No, I don't even know what that means. We're spending aggressively. We're on track to have the highest spending in 12 years. It's a holiday that I hate. Don't get me wrong. I love spending time with my family. I have no interest, no interest in the commercialization of it. Um... I say, if you want something, tell me and I'll get it for you. <laughs> you kind of thing. Buoyant, <coughs> buoyant American ideas that, you know, it, were born when we were children. Our attitudes were formed that like, hey, I remember Christmas, you know, uh, gifts under the tree. I remember it. I remember it kind of thing. And I want my kids to feel that. I want the kids to feel the same magic. And I get it. So wrap an empty box under uh, and put it under the tree. I got an iPhone 10. I saved the box. I'm going to fill it with something like, I don't know, marbles. <laughs> give it to, wrap it and give it to, I'm going to give it to a friend. And he's going to go, you got me an Apple 10? Woohoo! I'm kidding. Um, I think that is funny. I also have an Apple Watch that I can, if anyone wants an empty box to, um, to, to, to basically suppress a loved one's happiness. And show them what the true meaning of Christmas. But we're doing a record-setting holiday spending this year. The percentage of Americans planning to spend more than $1,000 is 29%. Nothing says love like spending money on someone. If you loved me, you would take me on vacation and we'd have turkey in Mexico. I I love the idea of Mexico. The holiday spending now looks stronger than it's been in over a decade. People are more comfortable with the economy and where it's heading, prompting them to spend more money. And that's going to help our economy. So again, another reason to say stock market looks pretty good going into 2018. In this recent retail survey, 50% believe the economy is in good or excellent shape. So why not spend $1,000 plus and pay it off after Christmas? That's where it hurts. Oh, I don't mind. If If you put aside a budget... And this is what I did, and I'm a financial guy. And, you know, again, I've got pretty good net worth, I'm, I'm pleased to say. Um, I don't overspend. I, I think, you know, if you want to get me anything, um, buy me a beer when you see me kind of thing. And let's talk about what a great year it's been in investing. So spending attentions have been spurred by wealth and politics. Those who believe uh, the stock market is rising, they're going to spend more than they should. 
holiday span uh, holiday spending plans by Republicans, which are often larger than Democrats, are far larger this year than last year. So Trump gets into power, and Republicans go, you know, life is good. That's my impression of a Republican. Um, life is good. Why not just use that voice? Uh, why turn him into an angry farmer? Um, I don't know. Um, let's see. I don't know. Median spending plans for people with 30000 or less in income show a modest decline from 2016. But they're still going to spend $498. I so much would rather you max out your 401k or put money in your 401k. It kills me how much people spend on holidays. Because one of the true stories in our life is that there's the haves and have-nots. Minimum wage hikes are gaining momentum right now. 18 states... And 20 cities are going to lift the pay floors on January 1st. And if you look at some of these states, California, for instance, will hike its base pay because of laws or ballot initiatives that mandate gradual raises um, over the years to help with cost of living. The people that I know that are what I would refer to as blue collar, they don't live anywhere near. I live on what's called the peninsula. Uh, This is a, a nationwide podcast show and it does really well so i have to sometimes explain this this is just outside san francisco um you can't live on minimum wage and yet there's jobs that pay minimum wage so the pay hikes have been linked at least in part in the past to nationwide fast food workers demonstrations and demands for 15 dollar wage since 2012 those pleas were initially deemed as far-fetched but california new york and more than a dozen cities are moving towards that standard by 2022 um in a a world that will cover one out of five workers. One out of five workers make fifteen will make fifteen dollars an hour. That's shocking to me, right? That's so terrible. it's it's not good. I'm not going to say it's terrible because you know there's you know there's not, like being born in uh, a country with you know starvation would be probably a lot worse, right? But let's say you make fifteen dollars an hour and forty hours a week, right? That's $600. That's $2,400. That's $26,000 a year, roughly, right? That's not a lot of money. And that's not a livable wage. That's a wage that, and again, the high schooler can get away with living with mom and dad. Um, In this era, you would have to live way out Martinez, way out Gilroy, way out Stockton to find affordable housing for that kind of money. The pay hikes have been linked, you know, again, to the fast food workers. And I hate to say this, but 2018 is going to be, see the year that as some of these pay hikes go up. I know a guy who owns a fast food restaurant and he owns five, uh, he owns five, two, five guys. So he owns two of them. And he's like, I can't afford this. I can only sell a burger for X amount of dollars and the rents are killing me. And you're like, oh, poor guy, he can't afford it. But if he can't afford it, he's going to automate or he's going to shut down. So it's a problem. In Maine, the pay floor is set to rise from $9 an hour to $10 an hour. And in New York City, $11 to $13. So you got four states, Colorado, Hawaii, Maine, and Rhode Island, who are going to boost their minimums to $10 or slightly more on New Year's Day. Um, the raises are broadly juice and paychecks, which is great. I'm, I'm not against raising the minimum wage. I'm against people thinking that it's a livable wage. Um, and that worries me. 
So, and you're going to see a little bit of food inflation, in my opinion, as the people who own pizza places, um, they're going to have to raise, they're not going to have to raise prices, but they will raise prices. I know owners who own Domino's Pizza, and I know an owner who owns a Five Guys. They're not millionaires. They're not rolling in the dough. They're working 60 hours plus the wife is doing the, the books. So just know that. Like, this is an area that you don't want $15 to be a livable wage. You want to get enough education that you can get a job that's not flipping burgers. Because another thing that's going to happen are robots are coming. And when the robots come, they're going to take those, those cooking of hamburgers. Um, they're going to take, you know, there's a, a kiosk in San Francisco that you can get your quinoa, you can get your, your, your food just by hitting buttons. And the human workers don't touch the food. The human workers load the food into the kiosk. And there's a line for it. It's the world we live in. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I've got a seminar coming up. You can use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's going to be in Palo Alto in early January. You can sign up at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Do you believe you could walk on water? Is it a song about arrogance or is it a song about a superpower? Sometimes I don't know. I'll tell you a superpower. Apple. They've had a great year. Amazon's had a great year. Wow. Right? Amazon's been named Company of the Year by Yahoo Finance. I don't disagree with that. Um, if you stop and think about it, some of the stories we're now telling about Amazon are, are, are incredible. We're like... Um, they're going to put Macy's out of business. Um, they're going to do how many TV shows? Um, they're going to do how many movies? They're going to do, uh, like, it's pretty crazy. Amazon's position is retail juggernaut. We've always kind of known that, but it seems to be getting bigger. Um, Jeff Bezos has big old biceps, and it's a stark symbol of how... I know, I know. It's a stark symbol of how he and Amazon have, you know, just gone from peddling books online to we're now using the word, maybe they will get, maybe that company will get Amazon. So Amazon bought Whole Foods this year and every single grocery store stock went down. It's not how much, you know, they're up 60% um, for the year. But how much did they take away from other companies' market cap and wealth? And when they bought Whole Foods, we all went, huh, that doesn't make sense because Whole Foods struggles. But they bought Whole Foods after Whole Foods dropped 30% from its all-time highs. So they didn't pay full price or they didn't pay an exorbitant price. And then we learned Amazon Web Services has $18 billion in annual run rate in revenue. Um, And then we hear Amazon might be getting into pharmaceuticals. And then we hear Amazon and Alexa becoming the undisputed market leader for voice assistants, while Apple sits there and tinkers with their, their HomePod. 
Amazon's massive size and influence is part of the reason why. I, I, they've innovated. They've moved markets. They've pushed boundaries. They've joined you know, companies that are dominant. So just trying to keep up to date with them is brutally tough to pull off. They say that their focus is on pioneering. They won't admit to saying uh, that you know they're in the business of putting other companies out of business. You know, uh, they're not focused on conquering, so they say that that's a business model some people could choose, but they're trying to invent, not disrupt. Uh, I love Amazon Prime. I love getting my toilet paper and my paper towels delivered because those are things you never want to run out. So I get a subscription to them. I love the idea of replacing my toothbrush every month, so I get a toothbrush thrown in. I know you're saying, you're so filthy rich, Rob, that you throw away your toothbrush every month. I do. Um, So on corporate earnings calls this year of other companies, Amazon was cited. They've got the competition looking for them. They got the competition freaked out. So CVS spending $69 billion to acquire health insurer Aetna is viewed by a lot of people as a preemptive strike. Target bought a shipping company called Shipt, S-H-I-P-T. Sounds like a dirty word if you don't hear the P in there. It's a same-day delivery company. Has Amazon led that change? Do they got? Do they have Target freaked out? You better believe they do. Now, Walmart, for, for them... I'll give them a lot of credit. They've, they've stepped up their digital game. Um, we'll see. Again, I, I don't want to get too much into it as far as, um, uh, you know, over-focusing on Amazon. But some of these big companies, they're going to benefit even more from net neutrality and the, the laws being loosened up. The innovators don't have to always win. But do you think Amazon's an innovator, or do you think they're just an evil, mean company? I'd be interested in hearing what you think. Um, because I think it's been quite a year for them. So Black Friday, they pulled off $100 billion, uh, Black Friday was so successful, excuse me, that they made you know Jeff Bezos' net worth soar. The 10th anniversary of the Kindle e-reader... I know people that don't want books. They just want the digital book. They don't want to hold it in their hand. Now, I know there's some people like, oh, I still like holding a book in my hand. Okay, dinosaur. Um, Jeff Bezos is worth over $100 billion. His company is going to march towards a trillion. Uh, They introduced a new product this year called Amazon Key, which lets Prime members who deliver to your home not leave it on the doorstep. And aren't they the worst animals in the world, people who steal packages? If you elect me governor of the state of California, I will put to death people who steal packages from your door. If you elect me president or governor of California, I will put anyone who spams email you in prison for life. That's that's the only platform I'm running on. Those two things. Stopping spam and snuffing out the package thieves. That's it. The price of the original Kindle in 2007 was $399. Now you can get them for $50. Um, 
Amazon this year, they said, we're going to open up a second headquarters, HQ2, because we've moved the price of real estate in Seattle so much, we want to find somewhere where it's a little more affordable for new employees. And they got 238 cities saying, please, 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 pick us, pick us, pick us. They've had some problems. Roy Price, their head of the Amazon Studios, stepped down after sexual harassment allegations. As did Jeffrey Tambor. He exited Amazon's Transparent for the same reason. Um, Amazon announced they're hiring 120,000 seasonal workers this year. Amazon's got a head. Amazon's got a headquarters. They've got 4,000 dogs hanging out with them. Now they've got what did I say? 120,000 seasonal workers. They've got 500,000 full-time regular workers. They got video products like the um, Fire TV, the Echo Connect, the Echo Spot, the Echo Plus, the Echo Speaker. They're licensing Alexa into other projects. They, they, they win. They got three films nominated for Oscars. They win. Company of the year. I'm with, I'm with Yahoo Finance on that one. Companies are afraid of them. When you can strike fear into someone, you win. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. The Little Killers bringing us back. I saw them in concert last week. Probably my favorite band, if I have a quote-unquote favorite band. It's a little limiting. But joining me now is Patrick O'Hare, and he's the man. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Do you have a favorite band? I don't, but uh, I guess, you know, maybe old school and just say uh, U2. (laughs) It's a safe choice, but always like what they put out. But happen to be a, a big country fan, too, so I... Kind of like all sorts of singers in that genre. Good to know. Um, I know you're a stock market fan. I know we've been talking stocks for years and years now. Um, I like your angles. I like. I'm not going to call it simplicity. I like the digestible way you look at the market. Um, you do page one and you do the big picture for briefing.com. It's a great resource for domestic and international news. Um, I've been using it for it's 20 years now. If it's not 19, it's it's 20. Um, or it's not 20, it's 19. Anyhow, um, the markets, record highs. I saw a question. Should I buy into the record highs or sell? And instantly I think risk versus reward. What are your thoughts on where we are in the markets right now? Well, I think that that, that's right. It is risk versus reward. And, you know, this, this question always surfaces when you get a market hitting new highs, you know, whether, you know, you had a nice run, the S P 500 hits 2,000 and everyone's asking that same question, and then it hits 2,200 and everyone asks the same question, and 2,400. So the point is, is that you do have to have a good understanding of your risk tolerance, and um, and you also have to have a, a, a good awareness, I think, of your time horizon and, and where we sit, basically, in terms of, of valuation. I mean, we're sitting relatively, well, on an absolute basis, we're at a high level right now. The S&P 500 trades at close to a 30% premium to its 10-year average uh, PE multiple, uh, and that uh, theoretically would suggest that your returns will likely be lower um, over a longer-term period of time since you're getting in at a higher valuation. But, of course, on a relative basis, it's not 
so terrible when you take into account that interest rates are so low. So from a risk-reward perspective, you have to assess uh, and understand, I think, where interest rates are headed because that will uh, ultimately dictate, uh, help dictate stock market returns. And the higher interest rates go, uh, the lower those returns are likely to be and could ultimately be negative if you get a real spike in interest rates here. And you just have to understand whether you're capable of writing out a you know one year two year cycle where you have higher rates uh, negatively impacting stock market returns or perhaps even longer, uh, but it ultimately is going to boil down to one's individual uh, risk assessment and time horizon. So big story today is the markets um, have had a great year. We're moving into the holiday push at this point in time. I would say we've got technically about three days left until everyone's checked out, eating turkey, getting fat, eating ham, spending time with their family. The week after kind of leads into the new year. Uh, Santa Claus rally, because all the professional traders will take uh, 10 days off, or no Santa Claus rally? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question to answer, because we've, we certainly have had such a huge run uh, already, you know, leading up to the so-called Santa Claus period, which, which covers the last five trading days of a year and the first two trading days of a new year. So Given the way that the market has behaved this year, you, know, you would be inclined to think that the market is going to just maintain that bullish bias <laughs> into year end. But we've we've had this nice run here of late, um, predicated in large part on tax reform optimism. And now that that uh, finish line is in sight, so to speak, uh, where we might actually get you know uh, the bill passed this week and signed into law this week, you know you could see the market take a breather as we move into year end, but, um, you know, but banking on that type of perspective hasn't worked at all this year. You know, every time you think that the market is going to correct or pull back to a meaningful degree, uh, you know, happens for a few days and then it's just right back, you know, takes right off again. So, you know, this this last, this year end period is going to be a little bit finicky, I think. Uh, You'll get some speculative moves in certain areas, as you always do. Um, but uh, you know, I try not to really boil it down to such a uh, you know a finite period of time here, and, and kind of what we were talking about earlier. You you know understand your risk tolerances and your time horizon, and and also understand if you're going to be playing for short term speculative gains in that last seven days of the year. Uh, you know you can expect to get you know whipsawed in some respects, but you have to uh, pick and choose your spots and and uh, and move in accordance with your risk tolerances. So yesterday we had five big acquisitions, Hershey with Skinny Pop, Campbell with Snyder's, Oracle with Connix Gaming Company, uh, Penn National buying Pinnacle Entertainment. Today we see another one. There was a, someone on CNBC or Bloomberg said yesterday, there's fewer companies now than there were in 2000, because 2000 had so many IPOs in that period of time. So don't really look for a correction because so many dollars are going after 401k, pensions, investments. A lot of people have a lot more long-term plays. Do you buy into that argument that we may not correct and that we may melt up because there's no other place to put your money? Well, you know, supply was certainly a factor in the collapse of the dot-com you know, bubble uh, because you had so many companies coming public at that point in time. And, and all of that supply, you know, coming onto the market, it ultimately imploded. Uh, and you're not seeing the IPO 
you know, pipeline just, you know, running flush these days, even though you have a stock market at record highs. I think you have companies that are are uh, taking a prudent step of, of really getting their businesses and their business models uh, set for long-term performance and are not rushing to the public market necessarily to raise capital. And uh, and that has been a supportive factor here because you don't, you don't only have this, you know, the limited supply in terms of IPOs, uh, you also have companies that have been, you know, uh, buying back their stocks uh, in significant fashion and have the potential or certainly the motivation to do so again in 2018 with the uh, with given what we know about the, the tax bill right now. So, you know, I think that's going to continue, uh, you know, in the year ahead, and that can ultimately be a underlying supportive factor here for the equity market that helps limit the, uh, the pullbacks that will come in inevitably. So taking a look at your page one today and, you know, kind of uh, thinking about it, uh, we saw housing starts and building permits uh, report for November was stronger than expected. I live in California, and we've seen thousands of homes burn down this year. That's a pretty good industry to be in in construction because you're always going to have it, and we need more housing. People come to the country. Uh, talk a little bit about the importance because I know you know the engines of the economy, auto, uh, you know the, the cars buying and selling. Um, clearly, housing and construction is a big part as well. And, you know, in this case, uh, the housing starts includes building permits data as well. And, and you know, that's a leading indicator of economic activity. And, and while, you know, permits overall, you know, declined slightly, um, uh, what, what was positive about the um, – about the housing starts report today, though, is that you saw single-family starts uh, leading the way uh, in terms of in terms of the growth we saw there, and that's and that's important, really, because you know we we're seeing supply constraints in the housing market, and those supply constraints are driving up prices, and they and and it prevents home sales from being even stronger. So the more supply you can bring on, you know, ideally you see a little bit of relief in terms of pricing, uh, and you do get some continued growth, and you get the multiplier effect kicking in from job creation to uh, discretionary purchases of related housing items and, and, and so on and so forth. And so housing is a very important component uh, of, of the economy uh, because of that multiplier effect. And uh, in terms of starts, they you know they haven't really been accelerating. Um, you've seen it just a slow, steady grind higher, which is okay. Uh, but we obviously need more starts there to help uh, relieve some of the supply constraints that are holding back the housing market to a certain extent. And so, so it was encouraging though to see in November that single-family starts. I think we're up about five percent, and that was the you know the main driver of things here um, uh, in the latest month of reporting. So 2018 is going to be um, an election year, mid-elections, mid uh, midterm elections. Is that something that can derail the market, or what did valuations derail the market? Uh, or will it be something that we totally don't see, like oil spiking higher, or something like a, a war in the Middle East? Well, I, would, you know, I, would, I guess I'd answer it this way. The things that we know uh, that could that would spoil the market, the bull market. And I think interest rates are, are number one on the list. Right? If you get a spike in interest rates, uh, you're going to see multiple compression, and you're going to see um, uh, probably some some 
you know, repayment constraints on the part of over-leveraged consumers and or things of that nature that ultimately drives uh, economic activity lower. So that's something that we, you know, we know that would be a spoiler. Uh, but to your broader point, I think it, you know, you always have that exogenous risk factor that's out there, and and it can create some short-term dislocations, uh, certainly that are material, uh, but. You have to understand what the exogenous risk factor is when it hits to ultimately determine whether it's something that's going to be longer lasting and and a real spoiler of the bull market. So, and and that will relate to whether it has a true negative economic and earnings impact. Thanks for all your work in 2017. You do great work. Briefing.com does great work. I highly recommend everyone starting their day with page one and with um, taking a look at the markets. I really wildly appreciate it. Uh, people can find out more at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. Talk to you in 2018, Mr. O'Hare. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the products that I fell in love with last year was the Apple AirPods. They're a little bit goofy. They take a little bit getting used to. But two things. They sound way better than other Bluetooth AirPods that I found that had wires or Bluetooth. Like uh, they, they, No one's really figured out how to hang them in your air. Um, with that said, Apple's working on another version of them. With that said, they sold out for Christmas this year. With that said, I can be kind of annoying, can't I? Um, probably the answer to that is yes. But I do want you to pay attention um, to what Apple continues to launch because they're going to come up with some an AirPod, not AirPod, but a HomePod, which is going to be a speaker, and you're going to do the Hey Siri thing. And their face technology is going to be built into their laptops and built into their um, tablets. And they seem to be promoting that nicely on television now. So Apple is sourcing smaller components from a company named TXC, which suggests the AirPods might also be smaller in size for 2018 and wireless. It'll have a wireless case. Later in 2018, it looks like Apple's going to start selling a wireless case for the current iPods as well. And then they're going to start selling a wireless charging unit. And then they're going to start selling like, whoa. Now, you get a lot better health tracking features from ears than you do from a wrist. And I like living in the Apple ecosystem. I lived in the Google ecosystem for a while. And I lived in the Amazon ecosystem for, you know, I'd be like listening to music and I'm like, oh, I'll buy that song. Um, And I I got to a point where I was like, too much, too much, too many passwords to remember. Apple's promised a wireless charging case, and that ain't going to be cheap, right? Are you with me or are you against me? Got to pick a side because this is a war. Um, sold out of the product ahead of the holidays. And so that's telling you that consumers are getting used to the goofy look. I think they're great for, um, you know, you could put it in one ear while you're driving and use it as a, a speaker, or, you know, so you're hands-free. Um, smaller AirPods would be nice because they do kind of look like Dude looks like he's wearing earrings. Nothing wrong with wearing earrings. Just, it's not what I do. So guess what, ladies and gentlemen? 
I think you're a cool parent if you name your kid's middle name Danger. I spell my couple. name Danger. Because when that kid's 18 or 20 or 21 and they're having problems with meeting a mate or a partner, they could walk up to someone and say, Danger's my middle name. And she'll go, nah. And you just whip out your ID. Wow. I spell my name Trouble. Danger. Trouble is my middle name. So uh, you might want to consult your spouse before naming your kid Trouble or Danger, but I like it. So Shinyun tickets, ladies and gentlemen. Winner, winner. Time for tickets. Here's tickets time. Call now and use the password AirPods. AirPods are the secret password. Winner receives a pair of tickets to see the Shinyun Friday, December 29th at 7.30 at San Jose Center for Performing Arts with the holidays right around the corner. You can win the tickets and give them to as a gift. How about that idea? A night with Shunyun, Shunyun performance dates. They're going to be in San Jose and San Francisco over the next couple of weeks. San Jose, December 28th through the 30th at the Performing Arts Center for Performing Arts. And then San Francisco War Memorial Opera House, January 1 through 7, 2018. This is your chance to walk up to a, a person and say, Hey, my name, Danger's my middle name. Do you want to go see Shun Yun? I heard someone died at Udavit last. No, they didn't. That's of course, would be slander if I said that. It's flamboyant. It's irreverent. It's, it's over the top. It's a mini-drama piece which draws upon stories and legends that span China's history from the Yellow Emperor all the way through the Tang and Song dynasties and all the way to modern day. A lot of Chinese civilization uh, documented and passed down and uninterrupted for 5,000 years, and they try to bring it to life in vivid detail. Woo-hoo! Cool event. Win the tickets now, 800-516-1220. You have to give the secret password, though, and I just gave it out. What was it? What was it? It's going to drive you crazy if you already forgot it. The United States. <laughs> You can do that one, too. If you can do a Donald Trump uh, United, United States, States impression. Okay. Thanks for that. Tax cut crunch time. 800-516-1220 to win those tickets. The House is scheduled to vote on the final version of the Republican tax bill on Tuesday, with a Senate vote expected soon after. Dun, dun, dun. The bill would substantially change the business and individual parts of the U.S. tax code. Republicans are likely to support the bill overwhelmingly in both chambers of Congress. Um, they're trying to kick this off before Christmas. Christmas, that, that's today. Large corporations would see their tax cut rate from 35 to 21%, and analysts for the next three weeks would come out and say, we're changing our numbers on companies that do multinational business as well as national business. There's a significant cut to the repatriation cost tax uh, as well. There's some cuts for tax income brackets. I think they're on an individual level, disappointing. Uh, the corporate one is, I, I think it's a big one. Um, it's a big one. And uh, that's what we got. Bernadette won from San Jose. I think Bernadette's won before. Don't be a... Oh, okay. Oh, she called me? Hmm. Uh, oh, that's right. She called recently with a question. So it shows you how easy to get through to the show. It shows you how easy it is to win tickets. <laughs> We love Bernadette. So have fun, Bernadette, and uh, hopefully you're taking uh, someone with the middle name Trouble or Danger to the event, because so, that would be more fun, in my opinion. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. On the iHeartRadio app. 